0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I just counted them up. Wednesday, I made a two-hour video giving you 33 reasons why you should come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Thirty years ago, God began giving me prophecies saying that one day, He's going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to His kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, six prophetic words, 33 in all, and I believe that I have been directed to organize a meeting to release Sevenfold Miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri Dudman that America is the mystery of Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe in the end times to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, which is April 19 to 22. We believe. That once we have fasted, sewn the key of David, and opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in human history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. If you've been listening to the Prophecy Club for a while, you've probably heard me quote some amazing prophecies, and you probably thought, man, I'd like to have a copy of those prophecies. I put together my selection of the most quoted speakers we've had at the Prophecy Club, and by getting this offer, you will have the most important information from 25 years, 160 guest speakers that have made 330 DVDs, in my opinion. It's called Stan's Quote Material. The first one is The Storm Judgment Revival. You've heard me say Shane Warren many times. Revelations for the Midnight Hour, Maurice Scalar. I saw the dollar dead, Daniel Davis. The End of Times, Augusto Perez. Will You Survive America's Fall, Doug Metzger. Catastrophe Meteor Tsunami Earthquake, Ephraim Rodriguez. Meteor Destruction of America by me and the most important one, Wake Up America by Demetri Duderman, and a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. That's nine DVDs, one book, valued $280 for a gift of just $75. That's right, $280 worth of material, nine DVDs in a book for $75. And it's called Stan's Quote Material. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Stan's quote material. I would even say Stan's favorite quote material. You want the best information? You get this offer. Stan's quote material, nine DVDs and a book, $280 value for $75, prophecyclub.com. Today we're going to be listening to Storm, Judgment, and Revival by Shane Warren.
1: How about let's go to the Southern Baptist denomination. They did an actual study on how much of the gospel has been preached to the world. How much of the world has actually been reached with the preaching of the word of God? In 2000, they reported that 70% of all the gospel that has ever been preached since the beginning of mankind has been preached since 1900. In other words, 70% of the majority of the world that has heard the gospel has heard it in the last uh, since the, since nineteen hundred then they said seventy percent of that seventy percent i don 't know how they come up with that, but seventy percent of that has been preached since nineteen forty eight in other words, uh, this organization said since the birth of the nation of Israel, the preaching of the gospel to the four corners of the earth has accelerated in an unprecedented manner, and then they said. 70% of of that 70% that has been preached since 1948, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, this shock you, has been preached in the last seven years. In the last seven years. So in other words, in the last seven years, more of the gospel has been preached to more of the world than in all of the last 2,000 years combined. So there's been an acceleration of the gospel going out into the earth, and that tells us Jesus said, when this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world as witness, then shall the end come, right? So let me give you number five, and this is where it's going to get real interesting now for just the next few minutes, and you're going to have to really give me some attention here, and you're going to have to trust me on a couple passages of Scripture, if you will, okay? Uh, First of all, Or or number six rather, or number five, the fifth reason I believe we're living in the last days is the alignment of the nations. The nations that have been mentioned in the end time prophecies are aligning and allying themselves just as the prophets saw thousands of years ago. For example, in Ezekiel 37, uh, at 38 and 39, the prophet has a vision of war in the Middle East. It involves a coalition of nations who invade Israel to take a spool of gold, silver, cattle, and goods. That's Ezekiel 38, verse number 13. Listed among the invaders of Israel are some nations that 30 years ago were friends of Israel and also some of them were considered friends of the West. Today, they are nations dominated by radical Islamic leaders, nations on the verge of distancing themselves from the West. Not on the verge, they are doing it right now. I mean, this is how much this stuff is escalating and changing just since I wrote these notes This all changed. They're not on the verge of of distancing themselves from the West. They are doing it right now. Let me give you just a list of this. If you go to Ezekiel 38 and 39, uh, um, there is a list of nations here, and you can see them on the screen. Uh, Gog, Magog, uh, uh, you know... uh, Togarma, Meshach, Tubal, Israel, Persia, Dedan, Cush, Sheba, uh, you know, these are nations that are listed. Here's what's interesting. Ezekiel chapter 38 verse number five. And this is where I want you to pay really close attention to me because there's some questions here that I have about a couple of passages of scripture that don't make any sense to me. Ezekiel 38 verse five speaks about Iran specifically being one of those nations that is being, a uh, uh, you know, coming against the nation of Israel. Specifically, these nations are listed. Iran, Ethiopia. Now, don't get that con- confused with modern day Ethiopia. The Ethiopia biblical times was more of Sudan, Somalia, those kinds of areas. Libya. Has Libya been in your news lately? Come on! Has anybody heard anything about Libya lately? Right? We just lost a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an ambassador in that country in Libya, and uh, there's been an overturning there. And then, of course, uh, many people think Gomer is Germany. I personally believe that Gomer represents some other areas as well, Turkey and southern Russia. So these are are nations that are listed as coming against the nation of Israel. Here's what's wild: Turkey for example, was recently an ally to us and was considered somewhat of an ally to Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, that's changed in the last 12 months. Just in the last 12 months has Ezekiel 38 and 39 actually come into the forefront and the nations that are mentioned. So here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of reasons why I believe we're in the last days. But let me just narrow this down to you. I believe that we can unequivocally say that we're living in the last of the last days, that you're in a different generation than any other generation that's lived before because we're seeing for the first time all of the nations that are mentioned in Bible prophecy concerning the Middle East lining up just exactly like the prophets said that they would line up. Now Iran is listed in the midst of this. Have we heard anything about Iran at all? Of course, Iran is ran by a man, or you know, led by a man by the name of Ahmadinejad. Right? I can't hardly say his name. I'm from Louisiana, and Louisiana, we eat bugs and alligator and that kind of stuff. So we're not known for being real smart. So I don't say Ahmadinejad. I say Almond Joy. The reason I say I call him Almond Joy, because sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't, right? And that pretty much describes Ahmadinejad. Sometimes you feel like a nut and most of the time you feel like a nut, right? But uh, what's what's Ahmadinejad saying? He's saying, let's remove Israel from off the face of the earth. Just recently, he stood before the United Nations and he said that it is a shame for the world to even have to mention the name of Israel. By the way, to my horror. The first time that I know of that that our country, our delegation sat in the United Nations while Ahmadinejad said those incredibly demonic things and they sat there the whole time and did not walk out, not one single time. Yet almost every other major Western nation got up and walked away from the table when he started speaking. America sat there. We believe, our administration believes that we can befriend the Muslim world and we can turn their heart away from that. What they don't understand is this has been set up in the providence of God, that this is, this is going to happen, it doesn't matter what anybody does to change it. So, Ahmadinejad, again, wants to push Israel, the name of Israel wants to remove it as a remembrance. Is there a scripture in your Bible, outside of Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine that echoes that kind of terminology? And the answer to that is yes. It's found in Psalm chapter 83. Now in Psalm chapter 83, there is a list of nations. A list of nations, okay? And I'm going to show you something that I believe is really profound here. In Psalm chapter 83, there's a list of nations that form a coalition. This is the terminology that's used there. A confederation, a coalition, who's going to come against the nation of Israel for the sole purpose of destroying the nation of Israel. Psalm 83, they're echoing the same terminology that Ahmadinejad is echoing right now, are saying right now. They're saying, "Let us remove Israel from any remembrance of Israel from off the face of the earth. We want to remove them so that nobody has to ever say the name of Israel." Well, if you look on your your uh, uh, map there that I've got on the screen, you'll see Assyria's there, Jebal Tire, Ammon, Moab, Edom. Uh, Jordan, Amalek, the Hagarenes, uh, the Ishmaelites, Philistia, you see all of that. Here's what's interesting about this. If you go to Psalm 83, Psalm 83 is not a list of nations. It is territories. It's territories. It's not a list of nations. It's territories. Yet it says these territories are coming together to form a coalition to destroy the nation of Israel. Now, you know, there's some discrepancies and some differences of opinion, honestly, about when certain wars will take place in the Bible. Some people believe Ezekiel 38 and 39 are the same war as the battle of, of, of uh, the Armageddon. They say they're exactly the same. Some people believe that Gog and Magog is a different war. I'm one of those people. I believe that Gog and Magog is a different war. Some people say that that Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38 and 39, is the same war in Psalm 83. Some people say they're a different war. I believe they're different wars. I believe you're going to see three different wars based off three different scenarios that are all pushed toward Armageddon. All right? So with that said... Here's what I want you to do. I want you just to look at that map right there because this map covers some territories. And actually, this big diamond that I have on this map, uh, it actually covers more territory than is even mentioned. But I wanted to be safe and put this up here for you. But if I can, can I just go over back over to Ezekiel 38 and 39. Notice Ezekiel 38 and 39, you have Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, Germany, Turkey, and Southern Russia. You have these areas, these nations are mentioned specifically. Iran is mentioned there specifically as coming against the nation of Israel. But let me show you this. Psalm 83, Iran's not mentioned at all. Now, most People who teach Bible prophecy say that Psalm 83, the war of Psalm 83 comes before Ezekiel 38 and 39. And again, with that, I just want to be clear that, that not everybody believes that. There are Some believe these wars happen simultaneously. I believe these are different wars, and I'm going to show you why. And I want to lay out a possible scenario of something that could possibly happen that shows us how close we're living in the last days. But let me just say to this, it doesn't matter whether they're the same wars or not. Here's what matters. We can see that every nation that is mentioned in Bible prophecy as coming against Israel in the last days, has aligned themselves and are allowing allying themselves to destroy Israel. Now here's what you need to realize. I want you to realize that many of these nations, which were prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39, did not exist as a nation at that time. So the prophets are foretelling events in the future. So watch, Psalm 83 has these territories. Iran's not mentioning it at all. But here's what confuses me. Psalm 83... They're saying what Iran is saying. If you go read Psalm 83, they're a confederation of nations and they're saying, let us remove Israel from being remembered anymore on the earth. They're saying what Ahmadinejad is saying right now, right? But you go to Ezekiel uh, 38 and 39, uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and Iran's mentioned, you go to Psalm 83, Iran's not there. So here's my question. If Psalm 83, and most, most people who study prophecy say that Psalm 83 is equal, comes before Ezekiel 38 and 39. I personally hold that view as well. If Psalm 83 comes before Ezekiel 38 and 39, why is Iran mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39, but they're not mentioned in Psalm 83? Unless, ladies and gentlemen, something has to happen to Iran. And does the Bible talk about something happening to Iran? Jeremiah chapter 49. Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 32 through 34 and on. You could go all the way to the end of the chapter. God lays out a prophecy and He says, He's going to attack, God says, I'm going to attack Elam. Everybody say Elam. Elam Elam is an ancient name for Iran. It's an ancient name for Iran. He says, I'm going to attack Elam. And then He says, watch this, He gets very specific. He says, I'm going to attack Elam. In her bow. In her bow. And then he says where she puts the foremost, or she, she trusts the foremost of her might. In other words, her, all of her strength is in this bow. Well, a bow is a weapon. Right? Is everybody with me? A bow is a weapon. And for Iran, the chiefest of her strength is her nuclear weapon. Nuclear capability. Now, here's what I believe is getting ready to happen. I believe that Jeremiah 49 is the next scripture of prophecy that's about to be fulfilled. Now again, I might be wrong with this because some of this is very subjective in how we look at it. But to the best of my knowledge, I believe that Israel is about to deal with Iran. I believe it's going to happen. I will tell you this. I just got off the phone last night with somebody. Before I came here, I called them And I said, I want you to give me some information on something that you know. And they told me that they have been told that Israel plans on attacking Iran within the next two weeks. Or if they don't know in the next two weeks, they will wait to July, as uh, the Prime Minister stated in his United Nations address. I personally believe that it quite possibly could happen within just the next few weeks. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter if it happens in two weeks, you can believe it's going to happen. Israel will not allow Iran, and specifically Almond Joy. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't, right? We're not going to let Ahmadinejad have nuclear capability, Right? Now, this is what I don't understand, because when, when I get into Jeremiah 49 here, I'm going to show you something I think will really be a blessing to you. Here's what I don't understand. Why is our administration not standing strong with the nation of Israel on this? This makes no sense to me, ladies and gentlemen. Israel is the only democratic nation. It's the only stable nation, militarily, economically, politically, in that part of the entire world. Yet we're not standing with Israel on this. And so I believe with all of my heart, watch, Israel's gonna have to do this and they possibly could have to do this on their own. And they don't have any problem doing it on their own. Alright. So listen to me very carefully. Now let me just have your undivided attention for just a moment. Psalm 83, Iran's not mentioned, but they're saying what Iran is saying. Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, Iran is mentioned, but Ezekiel thirty-eight thirty-nine is something that's supposed to happen, in my opinion, after Psalm eighty-three. So where is Iran mentioned? Where, why isn't Iran mentioned in Psalm eighty-three? Because Jeremiah forty-nine, Jeremiah forty-nine, God says I'm going to attack Elam. Elam is Iran, and He says I'm going to hit her in her weapon where she puts all of her strength. Now, if you go on and read Jeremiah chapter 49, it goes on to tell you that there will not be a nation joined to them, an area, that all the outcasts of Elam do not go. In other words, when this happens, and I want to tell you when Israel attacks Iran, it will not be a major war. It It will amount to a small skirmish. I know that's going to shock you for me to say that. But I really believe this is just going to be a domino that's going to be tipped. It's just going to be a domino that's going to be tipped. So Iran is Israel's going to attack Iran. The Bible says in Jeremiah 49 that all of the inhabitants of Iran are going to be driven out to the outcast areas. Where are these areas? Where are these territories where all of these people are going to go, these uh, refugees in Iran, where are they going to go to? Psalm 83. The reason Psalm 83 doesn't list nations, it lists territories because these, I believe, will be the territories that will hold it. Is everybody with me? And so, ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart, what's going to happen is Psalm 83, after Israel attacks Iran, it will be the tipping point and the rest of that part of the world will become inflamed against the nation of Israel. Now, why is that important to us? Because right now, the 23 to 24 nations in the Middle East If you'll look at this diamond, the 23 to 24 nations in the Middle East, ladies and gentlemen, are all of these territories right now that's forcing America out of the Middle East. They don't want us there. And could that be, I'm just asking the question, could that be the reason that there's not a mention, a specific mention, a clear-cut mention of America in that part of the world at that time when it comes to Bible prophecy. Does that mean that America will cease to exist? I don't necessarily think that. There's going to be nations that are going to exist during this time. How do I know that? Because Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25 tells us about the judgment of the nations. And the judgment of the nations are the nations, the sheep nations are the nations who stood with the land of Israel, and the goat nations are the ones who didn't, and the goat nations are cast into everlasting torment, right? Right? And so there's going to be nations outside of these nations that are mentioned here. Some will stand with Israel. Some won't stand with Israel. So I don't believe that that America won't necessarily... or I don't believe that America will cease to exist. But I do believe there could be some reasons why we're not mentioned over there. Number one, primarily, is that part of the world, the whole Muslim part of the world, wants us out of the Middle East. And they're doing whatever they can do to force our presence out of the Middle East. Number two... Americans are really tired of fighting in the Middle East. They're tired of our boys being over there. We're put out with it. Number three, we're broke. We're $16 trillion in debt. We're broke financially. We can't afford another war. So there's a lot of reasons why America might not be in those wars. But here's what I want to show you here. Ezekiel 38 and 39 comes after Psalm 83. Iran's mentioned. Why is that? Watch. Jeremiah 49. When Israel attacks Iran hits them in the bow in the place where they have all of their strength, all of their might. All of the outcasts, the refugees, will go into these territories mentioned in Psalm 83. That's the reason you hear Psalm 83. They're saying the same thing as Iran, but Iran isn't mentioned because all the outcasts are there. So now what happens? According to Jeremiah 49, the last few verses says, and then God will allow the captivity of Elam to come back. In other words, Iran will regroup. So here's what I see getting ready to happen according to your passages of your Bible. The next thing that's going to happen is Jeremiah 49. Israel will attack Iran. It will be the domino that will fall in the Middle East that will immediately spark Psalm 83. These territories will rise up to destroy the nation of Israel. But the God who never sleeps and the God who never slumbers will fight for the nation of Israel. And it almost looks like a natural calamity that he uses to destroy them. And then when that happens, when Psalm 83 happens and they're not successful, then Gog and Magog... Russia will come down and they will get involved. God putting a hook in their jaw. God will pull them down and they will get the coalition of these nations mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39 right here. And this will then they will then come against the land of Israel. And I believe that's how these wars are going to lay out. I believe they're going to be one right after the other. I believe they're going to come back to back. This sets a perfect scenario for the Antichrist. Because when there's this much turmoil in the Middle East, and every major U.S. president in the last 30 years has tried to bring peace to the Middle East and nobody can do it, the Middle East will be ready for somebody who will build a platform of peace and try to bring peace to this tumultuous setting. And so that's what I see happening. Now, Is can I promise you it's going to happen just like I said it's going to happen? No. But here's what I can tell you. Every nation... Mentioned in your Bible in Ezekiel 38 39, Jeremiah 49, Zechariah 14, and in Psalm 83 has aligned themselves just as the prophets foretold them. And you're the first people in 3,500 years that say you've seen it. Many of them did not even exist. You're the first to be able to say that you've seen it. So I believe that it's a sign that we're living. In the last days. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let me tell you what's going to happen with that. If God is accelerating those things, let me give you number six. Here's the sixth reason I believe we're living in the last days. An end time acceleration of signs. An end time acceleration of signs. Things are accelerating. Wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters. Things are accelerating. Somebody said to me, I was doing a conference and they said to me, Pastor? Are things really accelerating or are we just able to hear about them more because of information? Well, could it be a little bit of both? And does it really matter? Is it actually accelerating or are we hearing about it more? Well, it doesn't matter. Either way to us it's accelerating, right? And the Bible says knowledge There's going to be an explosion of knowledge in the earth in the last days as well. And so there's an acceleration of, time, of signs and wonders going on. When I say signs and wonders, I'm talking about physical things that the Bible talked about. What happens? Stores, uh, storms, wars, and 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 collapses of nations and ethnic groups rising against ethnic groups. Bible. The Bible says nation will rise against nation, ethnos against ethnos, and then it says religion against religion. And actually, in the Greek, it is basilica against basilica religion against religion well is islam a religion is judaism a religion is christianity a religion well the bible says there will be an escalation of these things all at one time here's what's amazing to me we don't hardly ever hear about any other religion in the world except christianity islam and judaism and it's almost like their war and here's what's amazing to me islam or, or christianity and judaism are completely tolerant of everybody else But Islam is not tolerant at all. Yet Christians and Jews are the most hated people on the globe. Now why is that? I want to tell you why.
0: I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Thirty years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release seven-fold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits, which is April 19-22. through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sewn the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I just posted a 16-page newsletter, our largest and most important newsletter in 25 years. It gives you, in writing, all the prophecies, dreams, visions, and audible voices I've received over the last 30 years telling me to organize this sevenfold miracle crusade. It'll put you in tears. Frankly, it'll put you in tears. You can download it for free at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation of Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus Returns on What Feast? The Secret of the Feasts. Who are the Two Witnesses? What is the Morning Star? The Judgment Seat explained. The Great White Throne explained. The Nations explained. What is the Shout? And the Parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. 1 for 20. No, 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 don't do that. You want to get 5 for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55. ProphecyClub.com